Welcome to Voices from the Valley, a podcast of the Community Foundation for the Fox Valley Region. I'm Amy Spreeman. And I'm Carolyn DeRosier. That piano music you just heard was coming from Wapaka's First United Methodist Church, where the upstairs is home to the Wapaka Arts Hub. It's a place where people of all ages are welcome to explore their love of art and music. Carolyn, I've always thought of Wapaka as a great place to hang out on the water and into the woods. It's really known as a wonderful vacation destination. And I'm just learning now how much art is influencing the flavor of this community. That's right, Amy. And and if you've never been to Wapaka, this episode might make you want to take a road trip to this small town with a big heart and a thriving art scene, attracting artists from all over. We're going to dive into Wapaka's artistic atmosphere in just a bit. But first, we want to explore the other ways in which Wapaka is growing into a hub for new residents looking for a place to call home. Yes, our regional affiliate partner, the Wapaka Area Community Foundation, has awarded a record $170,000 in grants to 18 area nonprofits, including a $25,000 grant to the Wapaka Area Chamber Foundation to develop a marketing campaign highlighting Wapaka's economic, cultural, and recreational assets. The goal is to attract newcomers to the area. So let's take a listen. Well, welcome, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. I I think because we have a few of you, it might be good just to kind of go around and uh, introduce yourselves. Let us know uh, where you work and who you are. My name is Greg Roman. I'm a grant writer. Um, What's unique about my position is that I'm a shared employee between the school district of Wapaka, the Chamber of Commerce, and the city of Wapaka, which is just one way that these organizations um, are committed to collaboration. Uh, And that's one of the reasons why we're here today is to celebrate that collaboration. Uh, my name is Aaron Jensen. I'm the city administrator with the city of Wapaka. I'm Carrie Schultz. I'm president and CEO of the Wapaka Area Chamber and the Wapaka Area Chamber Foundation. My name is Ron Sari. I am the district administrator for the school district of Wapaka. Thanks so much to all of you for making time to talk with us. So you heard the news that you received a $25,000 grant from the Wapaka Area Community Foundation. What was your reaction to that? Yay! <laughs> yes, Terry, thank you for taking the lead on that. <laughs> it's just been a joint effort. That's that's one of Greg's main focuses as a grant writer, to provide dollars towards attracting people, whether it's through visitors or through residents um, and economic development related things, because it helps all of us. It helps our businesses, which Terry represents. It helps our school district and funding and attracting young families and kids and it helps our tax base through the municipality. So we were thrilled because this is really going to help us take the next step in what we've uh-huh. already started. Talk to us a little bit about when you realized that a project like this was needed because Wapaka is a special place. But what's been happening? You know, I think in terms of the impetus for this project is Wapaka, like many communities, is seeing you know workforce shortages and declining school enrollment. But unlike a lot of other communities, I think Wapaka Wapaka's demographics are unique. We are a disproportionately elderly community, uh, more so than the state, more so than, than the na- nation as a whole. Um, and so there's a there's a special emphasis on making Wapaka not just a place that people come to retire and enjoy in retirement, but also a place where you know, that it invites young families to send their kids to school here for people to build their careers here and really, you know, spend their whole lives here. 
what are the implications if Wapaka isn't able to attract new families, younger families? What does that mean for Wapaka? It, it, this is not unique to Wapaka either, right? I mean, I think rural communities all around the country, and I'll specifically talk to the ones in the state of Wisconsin, um, if we can't attract people and it can't, can't attract growth, the way that our funding mechanisms are set in the state of Wisconsin, it is very, very difficult for us. It, it, and I can't emphasize that enough. It is very, very difficult for us to continue to provide services that people are accustomed to, to meet the needs of, of our community from a city standpoint. You know, it's a little different, right? Ron and I have talked about this and, and Ron has a specific interest in attracting young families because funding is tied to school enrollment through the state. From a city standpoint, and I know Ron feels the same way, but we'll take anybody <laughs> necessary. So we do also have the employer standpoint where we have less working age people now um, across the country than we did when the baby boomers were all employed in our workforce. So I think all of us feel that it's really a, a rising tide type thing. I mean, more people helps not only the city and the tax base and continuing to provide services. It helps the school district with funding. It helps businesses that are here uh, because we have more people to patronize those businesses. So it's a it's kind of a win-win-win. You know, one of the things that you mentioned about the workforce, it, things have changed. And COVID, no doubt, has increased some of the challenges, but perhaps made some opportunities there, uh, especially when you talk about more of the, uh, the, the remote workplaces where people can be uh, relocating. Talk to us a little bit about that. We feel really fortunate to live where we do. And that's because we have some beautiful, natural amenities here with a, a ton of lakes. We have a state park out our back door where we have, uh, we're on Highway 10. Um, so we have a lot of things going for Wapaka that maybe other communities aren't as fortunate to have. So we think that we were set up great for someone who wants to have that remote work type situation. You know, Aaron, also one of the strengths that we have that a lot of places don't is we have our only we're the only municipality left, I believe, in the state that has its own ISP or internet service provider. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that is something very special, too. Yeah, that, that's a great point. And, and uh, it's called Wapaka Online. It's a wireless internet service provider. They've worked recently with the county of Wapaka on, on building 11 towers um, with some influx of federal funding. And they're adding 30 plus people a month. Uh, that didn't maybe didn't have internet service before and, and now are in, in our rural areas. So that's that's pretty neat. I think one of the things that you know kind of to tie it to that point is I think the city of Wapaka is in a, is, a, is in a unique position because it's not a place where you come and you're sacrificing something. Like you know I'm living in the country to enjoy a higher quality of life and and recreational um, resources, but I don't have high speed internet here. That's not that's not the case here. You can have you can have the best of both worlds um, in Wapaka. You can have high-speed internet and big city amenities like arts and culture, but you can also enjoy, you know, a more affordable home. You can enjoy great outdoor recreation from, you know, out from cross-country skiing to to fishing and jet skiing. I mean, you can really have it all here. Can you talk about how this campaign is not only promoting the community, but really making newcomers feel like they're a part of it? So one of the things that we are looking to develop with this website is a concierge service. So if employers are looking to bring in uh, new employees 
or have them come and visit our community to see what a great community it is. Um, we'll actually set up tours with them. We'll set up meetings with them, get the right people connected to them to make them feel welcome, help them understand the community better. Um, you know, they can, we can set up meetings with ministers or, um, you know, if they're a young family and they want to know about the schools, we can connect them with Ron, but we can also connect them with another family in the community that does have children in the school district. And, you know, you can ask someone more personal questions rather than talking to the, the main guy at the school district. So we want to make them feel comfortable and um, get all of their questions answered and let them know that they're very welcome to our community. So that's one of the things that we're um, trying to set up and um, be a part of this website. And we think it will not only help uh, employers find employees, but you know, if there's a remote worker that wants to move to our community, we're happy to do that for them also so that they can have a better understanding of our community. Yeah, building and opportunities to have interaction is, I think, at the heart of this effort. We're not just, what, we've, what we have right now is we've developed some, some ads that, we were, you know, that are out there but there's no way for a user to interact with those ads. Whereas this will be a way, like it provides a platform for every level of interaction from, you know, like kind of talking over, over the computer to setting up those tours and meeting in person. So just interactivity is, a, is at the heart of this effort. Can you talk a little bit more about the end result of the website and the marketing campaign? What might it look like? What would people see? I, I guess what, what we're hoping to, to put forward as a, as a product is both a, are both digital and print assets that really speak to and convey the many reasons, you know, why WPAC is a great place to live and work and go to school. Um, and so what, what you'll see is a um, kind of a comprehensive guide to living and working in Wapaka, also a print guide that will accompany that digital guide. Um, we're also looking at putting forward a, a Wapaka in a box which is modeled after something that was done in Helsinki, Finland. So that kind of in one box, you could have a experience of everything in Opaka, from our boutique shops to our local foods to our art scene, all available in one box upon request. So there'll be a number of ways to experience Opaka through this project. A lot of it will be oriented towards those who live outside of Opaka. But for those who are you know, recently relocating here, maybe who are here now, who's, who joined our community, community recently, there'll also be ways to engage by setting up some of those tours or just you know, creating opportunities for those folks to interact and engage with other people in the community if they're having a hard time integrating. Maybe as a last fun way to um, end our time together, if you could each share your favorite thing about Wapaka, starting with Ron, what's your favorite thing about Wapaka? It's the kayaking. There are so many places that you can kayak, both on lakes, but also on the streams and the rivers. It's it's uh, our, our family loves that. How about you, Greg? Uh, that's a tough one. I'm going to give you two answers. I love the historic downtown, just the way that the, the buildings are in such good shape and has a really unique feel to it. And then you have the, the recreational resources that are outside of Wapaka, you know, from, from the lakes to the forests, there's the biking, and there's just a lot to do outside of the city. How about you, Aaron? Uh, for me, it's having all of the things that it has a ton of amenities and a ton of things to do for a smaller town. Um, but it also retains that small town feel. The people are the best thing, I believe. It's just a super supportive community, uh, whether it's small businesses supporting youth recreation leagues or the school district and initiatives, and we're building a splash pad and the amount of support we get for projects like that. It's That's what makes it special. How about you, Terry? Uh, well, Pekka's home to me. I was born and raised here. 
moved away for a while and came back. So this is home. But I think um, what everybody has said, you know, it's the outdoors. It's just a beautiful place to live. Um, I'm a shopper, so we have a lot of great little shops and boutiques, And but the people here are very welcoming, and it's just a great small community with a big town feel. It truly is a great community. Thank you all so much for joining us. We really appreciate what you're doing, and uh, best wishes to all of you. Thank Thanks you. Thank you. The Community Foundation's collective impact is tremendous. In 2021 alone, the organization distributed $38.5 million in grants to more than 1,300 local recipients. Those grants support the full range of charitable causes in the community, from human services to the arts. The Community Foundation is led by an impressive team of volunteers and staff. Learn how you, your family, or business can make a difference at www dot cffoxvalley.org. Thank you. I'm Reg Whiteven, a local attorney with McCarty Law and a board member for the Community Foundation for the Fox Valley Region. The Community Foundation is about connecting the needs of the community with solutions, as evidenced by the Nelson Family Crossing, a walkway linking Kakana and Little Shoe. I've also seen Community Foundation staff connect my clients to certain causes or charities. I'd like to connect you with the Community Foundation's helpful and passionate staff. Please call 920-830-1290 or go to cffoxvalley.org. We are back with more, and the Wapaka Community Arts Board has also received a $25,000 grant to expand the Wapaka Community Arts Hub by building staff capacity, increasing outreach programs, and adding equipment. Amy and I had a chance to visit the Arts Hub and find out how these programs are impacting the community for all. We'll start with having you each introduce yourselves. You can share your name and your role with the Arts Hub and the Arts Board. Okay, my name is Marcy Reynolds, and I am the president of the Wapaka Community Arts Board, and I'm the founder. And I'm also the co-chair of the Arts Hub, and I'm one of the piano teachers. And I'm Laura Reynolds. I am Marcy's sister-in-law. Um, <laughs> so we're, we have a great partnership and family here. I am involved with the Arts Hub. I'm one of the co-chairs and in charge of the arts programs. And then I'm also on the Wapaka Community Arts Board. Well, thank you both so much for joining us on the podcast. I'm really excited to get to talk with you today. Marcy, let's start with just a bit of history about the Wapaka Community Arts Board. Sure. Tell, us, tell us where it came from and what you've okay. done over the years. Well, it started, honestly, as a group of kind of like-minded friends that um, we had a friend who had a cafe who was running it basically on a shoestring. So we started helping her, like we had this thing called the Volunteer Waitress Corps, and then we just, we were, we were all very creative. So we would do these events. So for instance, when the library had the Civil War encampment down by the river, this cafe overlooked the river, so we had a Civil Peace encampment. And then we kind of volleyed back and forth with the Civil War guys, and we served a dinner that was like 
Well, it was basically fried rabbit. It was Civil War food. <laughs> and we had a fiddler, and we dressed in costumes that we got from the Historical Society, and we waited on the tables, and we talked about the peace movement during the Civil War time. So we always tried to make it, I called it a 360-degree event, where you had music, uh, costuming, sometimes artwork and food that all kind of came together to be an experience for people. And we had quite a few friends that were involved, and you also had to wait tables and clean up, so it was a really weird <laughs> club. And it was like a club. We never thought it was private until people started saying, well, how can we get involved? This must just be a club. And so that was really the genesis of the arts board. Um, when our friend's restaurant closed, we took it to a different spot, and we decided to make it public. And lo and behold, we discovered that we could become a, pro- a nonprofit, and it sort of just launched from there. So um, it's become a really driving force, I have to say, in Wapaka, um, in terms of um, we're trying to really make the point that everybody's creative, everybody's an artist down deep inside. And so the hallmark of our events is almost everything we do has a participatory element to it. So you don't just go to a concert, you have to do something at that concert. You might sing or you might be part of the concert. There might be an art project that precedes the concert or whatever. So most of our things are very participatory and that's a really fun aspect of the arts board. And as you think about um, maybe in a typical year, the different activities that you mm-hmm. do, can you give us a sense of what some of the the main programs or events are? Every year we do a certain number of events. So we do, some of them are every other year because they're bigger and harder to pull together. But we do a thing called Chick Night. So it's a women's creativity night. There's always music and dance and poetry and yada, yada, comedy. And that's um, like a variety show. And then the audience also has to participate. So there's always some sort of project going on simultaneously with the, with the audience. We do um, our Arts on the Square, which has turned into Participation Week cute little name. So it basically goes for an entire week and there's events all week and it's all ages, um, many, many events, too many to list, but it kind of culminates with a Friday night street dance and then a Saturday arts festival with 40 artists and three music stages and just as you can imagine, a lot of arts workshops, again, that participatory element. We do a community art project every year, so we try to get everyone in the community to participate. So we've done just a variety of things over the years. This year, what we're doing is we're building what we're calling obelisks. So they're three-dimensional um, sculptures, the community is making them out of cardboard, various sizes, and then they're going to turn them in. And we're hoping to get maybe 200 to 300 of these turned back in. Wow. We've provided the community with kits, so they're making them right now. And then we're going to do an installation where it'll be like a forest of obelisks. And so the topic could be anything they want, anything they love, family, whatever. So that's the Arts Week. We do summer night concerts. We do the concerts in the park where we get higher-end regional bands, and again, we do an art project at those. We do a lot of art projects. Those happen uh, five times a year, and those are pretty awesome because they're in an idyllic setting. So our park is overlooking a lake, and the beach is right there. So people come in their swimming suits. It's really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, 
we do um, a Bach festival every other year, and that's our probably our most, I would say, serious event because, well, it's Bach. <laughs> serious. Um, but we, it's a week-long event. There's uh, concerts. We have the Central Wisconsin Symphony Orchestra. Um, we have a community Bach concert, so we try to find musicians in the area that are willing to play a piece. We go into the schools, and we do the storybook walk where we talk about Bach's life, and we have young musicians so we have a young pianist and a violinist and then the guitarist so they'll we'll read a chapter out of the book and then the kids will go into the room and listen to this other kid play and then the kids all ask questions like how much do you have to practice you know and it's just it's just really uh super cool there's so much that you do it's and it, you're yeah, all volunteer based correct? it's an all-volunteer organization um we have a couple of strong committees like we have a poetry committee that does poetry month activities too in april um so there's a lot of worker bees and so you can be a member of the arts board it's a little bit of a non-traditional board but people should do what they want to do there's no like assigned roles um but if you want to do something you can do it and that's why we have all these events because people felt strongly about each event and, and it took on its own life so that's amazing mm-hmm. do you think there's anything special happening in wapaka um, that makes it so vibrant and, and people are so excited to get engaged? I think a couple of things. You know, I moved here in 1984. I was took my first nursing job. I was all like serious science-y person. <laughs> and um, it was... It felt like a very rural, small town at the time. There was... A, there is another arts group. It's called the Fine Arts Festival and they do a lot. I mean, they have a an oratorio orchestral community choir thing every spring and they do an art show in the spring as well and then they have the community theater and um but as the town grew and people wanted maybe something a little bit different that that's kind of how we filled in the gaps there and i think that those two organizations um kind of were the foundation of arts activities um but the other thing that's interesting about this area is there's a lot of countercultural people that live like within a 20 mile radius, like around Amherst, Scandinavia, out in the, there's a lot of organic farms and off the grid houses and um, people that are super creative themselves, a lot of artists and a lot of musicians live in this area. So I think that that is helpful. Um, but you know, I'd counter that and I'd say people like that live everywhere. <laughs> they just have to have a way to connect. But anyway, yeah. that's that's what I used to think it was. And I think our city government, you know, one of the things the Arts Board has always done is try to work with the government to get them to the table to say, let's have a creative economy here. Let's. We worked a lot. We've had arts summits, four different arts summits, where we put on this big event and invited everybody to the table to talk about how we want creativity to be part of our community and it can actually be a financial driver. And so that's actually happening downtown, as you could see. Um, and when they renovated the downtown, they, they did pull the arts in, and that's why we have all that public art. Um, we have a lot of public art right now, which maybe five years ago we didn't. So it's kind of all just conge- congealing, I think, together. Well, and yet, and to say about the people of Wapaka, I have lived here for just three years now. And the people that live here, it's amazing how much they are willing to give of their time, yeah. their talents, and their resources. I mean, it just, every organization, it seems that they somebody puts out a call and people are, are willing to fill the needs, whatever they are. I mean, it is just truly 
Amazing. So, Laura, a couple years ago, you and Marcy and other local leaders started dreaming about creating an arts and music school in Wapaka. We're sitting in the school right now. We're up in the art room. It's called the Art Hub. Why was this effort needed in Wapaka? There really were no extracurricular activities for the arts here. If somebody wanted to play music or take an art class, they needed to get in their car and drive to Appleton or drive to Stevens Point. You know, the, the schools do have it within their curriculum, but if you wanted to do more, there just wasn't more to do. So that's kind of how it all got started. Um, yeah, and as we've developed and we've grown from being in-house in the hub, we're working on also doing outreach to the community. We feel really strongly that everybody should have the opportunity to do some art. And we know that people sometimes just can't make it to certain places. So we're trying to meet people in the parks and we're working with community partners at the library and the rec center to go to those, their activities and programs. And as we keep growing, then we're going to keep doing more of that with our community. You've gotten some great testimonials from students and parents who've benefited from the hub. Could you share a couple of those with us? Sure. I'll, I'll share one since I'm the I'm art sure it's person. Hard to choose. <laughs> yeah, it is. We have a number of them. So one of them is a parent reported to an art teacher that they were very grateful for the arts hub and glad that they found us, that their son hadn't been fitting in at any other after school programs or activities. But since taking some art classes at the art hub, he is much happier and outgoing. He is drawing and creating all the time and he is more confident. And he's talking more at the dinner table. So that was just really a nice thing to hear from a parent. It really is validates the research that you hear about what the artists can do. And we hear that from our families all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. The confidence and, and the identity. I think are the two biggest yeah. in my mind. Kids that don't fit in or don't know where they fit in or, you know, they just don't have those connections and suddenly they can do something and there's other kids that are interested in that same thing. So, mm-hmm. right. So they find some common, common ground here right. with people. So, mm-hmm. and we work very hard here at the hub to make sure everybody feels welcome. Mm-hmm. You know, that is one of our big goals. Carolyn, what a great community. Listeners, go visit Wapaka and see it with new eyes for the future. We'll have links to all the resources we talked about today on our website. You can find the program notes at cffoxvalley.org backslash podcasts. We hope you enjoyed this conversation. Thanks so much for listening. You can subscribe and get all of our episodes wherever you get your audio. We'll see you next time on Voices from the Valley, a podcast of the Community Foundation for the Fox Valley Region. Mm -hmm.